Section 29 of A Minor War History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Hampton. A Minor War History by Martin Alonzo Haynes. Letter number 82. Camp opposite Fredericksburg, Virginia, January 1st, 1863. Happy New Year and a great many of them. The New Year presents itself to us in very pleasant fashion, clear and bright, but cold enough to suit a Laplander. James was over here and stayed with me Monday night, and we had a gay time. We sat before the fire and chatted and laughed and planned good times for the future. Then we rolled up in our blankets and slept. Jim was the first awake and kicked me out of bed, whereupon I rose in my wrath and drove him out of camp. I went over to the Ninth Regiment to inquire concerning Sally Shepard's brother, Enoch O., familiarly known as Doctor. I could learn nothing further than that he was missing and had not been heard of since the battle. No one knew when he fell. I pity Sally and her mother, as there can now be no doubt that he is another victim of this accursed rebellion. The note written to Sally was doubtless from some one of the burial party who went over, under a flag of truce, to bury our dead, and who, finding the envelope on a body, was thoughtful enough to write to the address. It must remove from her mind all doubts as to his fate. For days the boys have been kept in a constant stew with stories of marching, but I am not losing any sleep over any of them. My main effort now is to get all the bodily comfort I can out of the situation. Well, well, of all the sights, a load of soft bread has just come in. The most popular camp story just now is that Marston is to be appointed military governor of Washington, and the 2nd Regiment is going there as provost guard and is to be armed with Allen and Wheelock breech-loading rifles. Bill Ramsdell, who disappeared some little time ago, has been heard from. As near as I can make out, he thought that while furloughs were being passed out to the favored few, he was entitled to one himself and applied for it. He got turned down, and now he turns up at his home in Milford and writes that he is recruiting his strength and is coming back when his furlough expires. I've got my tent raised up on logs with a good bunk of poles and a turf fireplace. Have a big pile of wood to burn tonight, and we'll have a good fire to drive away Jack Frost. Letter number 83 Camp opposite Fredericksburg, Virginia, January 9, 1863. Charlie Vickery is going home on furlough tomorrow. So am I, in about 16 months. We have moved camp about a mile and a half and already have very comfortable winter quarters fixed up. Yesterday I rode home for a box. The chances are good for our staying here long enough for me to get it. I am tenting now with George Lawrence, who is one of my tent's crew at Camp Sullivan. Of my six tentmates there, two have been killed, one died of disease, and one joined the cavalry. Ed Bailey, major commanding the regiment, is under arrest on charges of disobeying orders of General Carr. I don't imagine it is anything very serious. Letter number 84 Camp opposite Fredericksburg, Virginia, January 16, 1863 Everything seems to be going wrong today. The wind has been blowing a perfect hurricane. Last night it rained hard, 
Just now there is a good prospect of our having to leave the snug huts we have built and go somewhere. The Lord only knows where. Marston has been appointed Brigadier General, and the story persists that he has had this regiment detached for special duty at Washington, and that the order is now at headquarters. Bill Ramsdell's furlough appears to be still in good working order. There are doubtless some details under the surface that we don't know, but I'll bet on Bill. So will all the old boys. He is not the type of patriot who couldn't serve his country unless he was ornamented with shoulder straps, and there is quite a general sentiment that smaller men than he have refused him a square deal. There was a terrible catastrophe in my tent last night. Over our bunk was a shelf loaded with a miscellaneous assortment of a little of everything. Letters, papers, portfolio, a dish of cooked rice, and a can of molasses. All of a sudden, Lawrence, in performing some of his antics, sent the shelf flying, and such a mess. The molasses seemed to have a chemical affinity for everything there was in that tent, and it is unnecessary to say it was a total loss. Perk Lane, Rod Manning, and the other boys who went into the cavalry are visiting in camp. Their regiment is near here. Hen Pillsbury and Joe Hubbard are here and well. Joe is captain of Company B. He's one of the best fellows and most popular officers in the regiment. Letter number 85. Camp near Falmouth, Virginia, January 24th, 1863. Since last Tuesday, we have been paddling around in the rain and mud to our heart's content, and a good deal more. The short of the story is that General Burnside intended to cross the Rappahannock a few miles above here and attack the enemy, but owing to continuous rains, the roads became impassable, and the army was obliged to wallow back to its old position and wait for better conditions. Our division left camp Tuesday noon in a pouring rain and accomplished about a mile and a half under difficulties. Then we waited until about nine o'clock at night when we were ordered back to our camps. Wednesday we tried it again and managed to get about six miles. The mud was simply awful and it was almost an utter impossibility to move the wagons and artillery at all. The Manchester battery was striddled along the road, a gun here and a caisson there over a stretch of three miles and that was the way everything on wheels was hung up. General Burnside had issued an address to the army, saying that they were soon to meet the enemy and enjoining them to display their old-time bravery. But God willed that the battle should not take place just at present, and with the elements at command he prevented it. Yesterday the division made its way back to the old camps. Lawrence and I rehabilitated our old shanty and are now as comfortable and cozy as you please. I saw George Dakin day before yesterday, the first time since he went into the army. I got a letter from Addie and expect my box is on the way. I'm actually suffering for something good to eat. Have you seen the picture I sent Addie? Did you ever see a more disreputable looking outlaw? End of section 29. Recording by Paul Hampton.